Happy New Year to all of you. Uh, just want to remember sending love and prayers to Australia for the fires that you guys are going through there. It's all over our news as it is around the world, I guess. So our love and prayers and thoughts are with you guys, especially if you're in that part of Australia. All right, well, let's dive in. I'm going to be with you guys for about an hour. I will be speaking, teaching for about half an hour. Then we'll go to live Q&A and Hannah will help manage that from her end. And we'll get through as many questions as we can in that final half hour. Uh, so I'm really looking forward to my time with you guys. And thank you again for your time and your attention. I think those two things, by the way, time and attention, um, are the most underrated form of generosity in the world. I think whoever you give your time and attention to um, is a mark of a person's generosity, especially today when so many people, as we all know, are fighting for those two massive commodities, our time and our attention. So I want to say a huge thank you to you all for giving me both of those two things. I don't take it for granted, and I want to treat this time well and uh, hope you get uh, a lot out of this time together. Um, I think the first thing I want to say to you all is that my vibe, my energy for this um, webinar in January is not um, hypey, motivational, uh, marketing, I'm not trying to sell you anything. Um, I'm not trying to set goals and targets for you all. If you know me at all, you know that I think goals are greatly overrated. And I think there's better ways to achieve the outcomes we want than getting locked into a goal that punishes us from afar and then intimidates us as we get closer. And we're nowhere near what we promised ourselves we would be. So my energy for this isn't motivational and hypey. There's a lot of that around in the new year. And I don't want this to be a false landmark, as it were. So we overhype the New Year's resolution vibe. My vibe is more educational <clears throat> and more wisdom for life and more informational. And, you know, I want to say by saying that, that um, if people don't start their new year like we are doing together, um, it doesn't mean that off to a bad start. This suits certain types of personalities to do what we're doing together, to focus on starting this year strong in the way we are doing now. Um, but everybody finds different ways to, to enter a new season, a new year. Um, and so this is not a one-size-fits-all idea of how I think we should all start our new years. It mattered for me to say that to you. You might think get on with it, but it matters for me to say that to you so that you understand that uh, where I'm coming from in doing this whole webinar uh, called Design in Your 2020. I think the first thing I want to say, um, which I've said in a couple of posts, if you've seen them, is that the nature of the future, 2020 in, the, in our case today, the nature of it is that it is as yet unlived. I know that um, seems an obvious thing to say, but perhaps it's not as obvious as we think it is. If it's unlived, it means that it as yet has no uh, script. It has no pattern. It's not set in stone. It's, it's not inflexible. It's not unmalleable because it's as yet unlived. Um, I'm saying that to also counter it by saying 
the fact that it's unlived is massive opportunity and why I think we do things like this together at all kinds of level with our friends and family, with people we trust, with mentors, with coaches, or like we're doing now on a webinar with lots of people involved. But it's unlived. But what I think I've discovered about unlived life is that it tends to default to previous patterns of how we have lived our lived lives um, unless we do something to stop that happening again. And I want you to take charge of this unlived part of your life. I want you to take charge of it because you can. Maybe no one's told you that you can take charge of what hasn't happened yet. You can't. You can't. We can't go back and change what has happened. We all know that as much as many of us try to do that. All we can do is learn from it and move on. But what is yet unlived, um, everything's to play for. And I'm telling you this so that you don't just think that unlived means it's going to be a great year because unlived means um, it will also tend to be lived out in the same way former years have been done unless we do something about it. So this webinar is really about helping you to take charge of this unlived year so as to avoid drift. Drift is what happens when we <clears throat> don't take charge of an unlived part of our lives, the future, today, tomorrow, the next hour, when we don't take charge of it by doing even tiny things that incrementally will make a big difference over time. And I've talked a lot about that over the years, as some of you know. So I want you to avoid drift. I want you to set a course this year that is intentional rather than circumstantial or situational or environmental. Um, what I mean by that is that often in life, um, our course tends to be um, made around what's happening at that time in our lives. So our, our setting of direction becomes circumstantial, depending on the circumstances around us at that time, um, or situational, our current situation, we think determines the direction we can set for the unlived life that's coming. And that's not true. So I'm using the word intentional on purpose. This is about being intentional. This webinar is about encouraging you to be intentional. I want you to get that word in your head. Write that word down for me. Intentional. Even study that word. Look its definition. Let it be part of your new vocabulary at this front end of this year. Because intention trumps desire. Okay, write that down for me. Intention is better and beats desire all day, every day. Because until a desire, you may have a desire to, to achieve certain things this year, maybe large or small things. You may have a desire and you may have set goals already that by June this year, you want to have achieved certain goals. So you have a desire. That's a desire. That's a good thing. But desire will not will not translate that into something practically happening by June. Intention does that. Until the desire becomes an intention, it remains dormant in us. And I think a lot of humans don't understand that even though they have a strong desire, 
it is not enough without intentionality for it to become um, a reality. So intention is the doorway through which desire enters your reality. So a desire, you have a desire to change in some way, to succeed in some way um, this year. Now that has to be made intentional. And that means it needs to have plans and it needs to have um, determined outcomes and it needs to have some sense of time frame to it. And it needs to have daily specific habits that are the proof of intention to set your course for that desire to become a reality. You may desire to lose weight this year, a popular New Year's resolution, as we all know, I'm gonna go to the gym. And so the gym subscriptions go off the charts in January and then nobody shows up by February or March. That's, that's the proof of a desire and a degree of intention, but it doesn't sustain and doesn't last. Or you may want to be, you know, have less debt or have a better job or have a better home or change something um, in your relational life or whatever. All good, but all desires that require intentionality to make them a reality this year. Um, personal development, these are all just um, laying a foundation before I get to these 12 principles that I want to share with you, these 12 strategies that I think will help you do all these things I'm saying to you now. Um, so let me just say again, in these foundational ideas, something else. Personal development, I have found over the years that I've been committed to that, and you guys are too, or you wouldn't be here, is an 80-20 sport. Personal development is 80% psychological and 20% kind of practical effort, if you like, I think is the is true. The ratio is that is that weighted. It is that different. And I say that because I think a lot of humans think, i.e. I'll go to the gym and lose weight, then it doesn't last. A lot of humans think that we can effort ourselves out of a mental entrenchment. And we can't. You can't mental yourself. You, you, sorry, you can't effort yourself. You can't, you can't just exert effort to get yourself out of what is a mental entrenchment that you don't even know you have. <laughs> That's why people struggle to sustain that effort that they throw at it with a New Year's resolution desire. I'm going to throw this effort at it and it doesn't last because they don't realize that what's stopping them um, being the weight they want to be all year round and what's, what's making them have these diets and this yo-yo diet thing lots of us go through over our lives is that it is not changed by effort. It is changed by figuring out what is it that is in my software programming? What is it that's in my psychology that's making me have a faulty relationship with food and exercise in the first place is where the psychological effort needs to go. Then the practical effort is really easy after we've settled and figured out what is the mental entrenchment patterns that are giving me a wrong relationship with money um, or with time or with work or with balance in my life or whatever it may be. <clears throat> so this year needs to be met with huge intentionality. This year um, could be one of three musical genres, if I put it into genres, and I do this in my 
prosperity of the soul evented around the world. This year can be classical music, which means it's a default year. It's the old tunes playing all over again. This year could be a family playlist, which means it's the it's the stuff that you have in your relational circle and your your environmental and your cultural and your circumstantial and your financial circle. Your your circumstances you do life in develop a certain playlist of tunes that keep playing around you every year. It can be a playlist year. And so you default to that. Or this is what I want for you. It can be a year of jazz, a year of improvisation, where you take your life off autopilot of classical music, where you break free from the family playlist and you jazz yourself into a new idea on this unlived life. You jazz your, you improvise yourself into a new kind of 2020, different to any year perhaps you've ever had before. Therefore, the best year you've had before because it's the year you have made on your terms. All right, let me say one more thing, then we'll get to these points I want to share with you today, or some of them anyway. Um, let me talk about framing. Framing, write down the word framing for me, framing. Framing is a psychological thing that humans do. It's a cognitive biased behavior where we we view life from a certain perspective that becomes a frame through which we view everything in life. Now, most humans don't know they have that frame. They just focus on the picture of their life and don't realize that everything in their life, everything that we see in their life, everything that they respond to in life, everything that they do in life is governed by a frame that surrounds everything that they do and see and think and behave in their life. It's a frame. We all have a frame. When you go to an art gallery and look at a picture, the people in the art gallery have, have, have put a lot of intentionality into the kind of frame they put around that picture because they know they can't change the picture. So they want the frame to match and enhance some way the experience of looking at the picture by interpreting what the picture they think is saying and what would be the best frame to go with it. You all know that you can see a great picture and have an awful frame. So you, your attention goes on how lousy the frame is and how beautiful the picture is or vice versa. So every human, all humans, um, entire tribes, entire social groups, entire nations, entire cultures, um, age stages of life, skin colors, uh, political persuasions, all have a certain frame through which they and we view life. Yesterday, for instance, I posted a little video, if you saw it, of the Pope um, slapping a woman's hands because she grabbed his hand and yanked it and hurt him, it looked like. And it was just on the BBC News and I guess went around the world. So I did a little post about, about how I viewed that from I realized my frame, which was that um, that I, I appreciate how human this Pope is, Pope Francis, how authentic he is. And therefore, he was upset and angry with this woman's behavior, like any of us would be, like any human would be. And so sort of pushed it away to protect himself from this woman grabbing him. And so I did a post about that, and I did a little line saying this year, um, 
don't be afraid to slap any grabbing hands off your life. That's how I viewed that when I saw it on the news. That's my frame because I believe that everybody's human. I believe there's good in everybody. I believe that the Pope was right to do what he did. But then in my feed of comments, um, I got negative and quite nasty comments, some saying the Pope's the Antichrist and he eventually reveals his true colors. <laughs> um, uh, some people saying the Pope shouldn't do that. He's the Pope for crying out loud. And I realized that this is their frame. So when they see that on the news, their frame says to them, that's what you should think about that. That's the power of a frame. That's the power of a cognitive bias, a mental entrenchment. I want to ask you, what frame do you have and where did it come from? And is that okay? How much of your frame as you go into this unlived life, how much of this frame is not giving you the kind of life you want. So it's no good trying to change the picture by busying yourself on effort, as I said earlier, if the frame is wrong. In other words, there's no such thing in life as a view from everywhere or a view from nowhere. Everybody has a view from somewhere and a view from something that is, is our preconditioning um, with which we frame how we view life. And I want you to think about before we get into these points, which as I even mentioned them, your frame will suggest to you instantaneous things about these things I'm saying to you that may not be serving you. What is your default autopilot response and reaction when stuff is said to you? That stuff could be absolutely life-changing. That stuff could be the answer to your prayers. But because the stuff wasn't said by someone you approve of, or it was said by someone with a different opinion to you, or someone with different um, race or culture or age group to you, or gender to you, or lifestyle to you, then your frame immediately gets busy dismissing that and devaluing it because of who said it. That's what our frames do for us. So you've got to know that you need to possibly get a brand new frame for 2020 and realize my problem all along has been my frame is wrong rather than what I'm doing is wrong. The frame through which I am doing it is wrong because the frame ultimately will drag you back into that default of how you overview life and eventually the frame will claim you back into its, entrench into its entrenchment and confinement and all effort that you do will amount to nothing because your frame is governing the outcomes or your belief systems, as I sometimes call them, in other aspects of life. So, for instance, drug addiction is either a law and order problem or a public health problem, for instance, of a framing. In America, where I have a home and spend a lot of time going for years, and my American friends will know, in America, the drug problem is by and large treated as a law and order issue. But in other parts of the world, like the Netherlands, and some are joining from the Netherlands today, the Netherlands see a drug problem as a public health problem. It's two different frames that will govern how we deal with those problems in our societies. Global warming and so on, the same thing. So I want you to think about what is your frame and do you need a new frame, a new idea, how you approach life in 2020. All right. 
Now that all mattered to me to say that to you rather than dive into these 12 important ideas because I want you all to know that I have a frame. And I want to be honest with you about my frame um, before I get into these 12 ideas with you. And I want you to think about your frame that's going to govern how you listen this year. And that listening could be faulty and that listening could be costing you and that opinion and attitude and value system you have that may not be yours and you just got it from somewhere and don't know where it came from. Could be parents, could be situations in your past, but it's not serving you well. So be thinking, aha, this is my frame problem. And that's what I want you to be aware of. And that's what intentionality does. Be intentional about your frame, not just what happens inside the frame.